All right. In uh, your song handout sheet, there's a prayer. And if we could, let's pray that. Today we're going to be in Revelation 22, uh, 6 through 9. But before we get into that, before we pray the prayer, I, I, we did this thing with the Psalms, and I would love to do this with Revelation as well. So um, usually at the end of a sermon series, I will recap kind of like what were the highlights of Revelation to me as, as we kind of preached through it. But um, then what we've done in the past is, or, or we did with the Psalms is, What's been important to you? And so we've invited others to share. And so essentially, it's not, it's not like a sermon. It's, it's basically like a, a sharing time of what uh, Revelation has meant to you. And so I would love to put that in your guys' brain for you to start thinking about that. And then when that Sunday comes, so after I kind of preach the, my final sermon in Revelation, then the congregation is basically going to preach uh, uh, a sermon together where we kind of come and you just come with a short little blip about what revelation is meant to you. And, um, this can be, um, men, women, children. I'd encourage them all to be like, what, what was one of the things I know every week, this is what Hadassah has said to me during revelation Dad, I didn't really listen to your sermon, but I really loved the text. I really thought <laughs> what the revelation was beautiful but I didn't listen to your sermon. Okay, thank you, Hadassah. And it's, uh, it's okay. I'm okay with that. Um, and so, uh, but will you guys please, I want, I want to prepare you for that because it's coming. It, February, the first week of February, I think, is what it'll be. But will you guys pray this prayer with me and then we'll get into Revelation 22, 6 through 9. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Blessed are the readers, hearers, and keepers of this word. Revelation 22, 6-9. And he said to me, These words are trustworthy and true. And the Lord, the God of the Spirit of the prophets, has sent his angel to show his servants what must take, uh, soon take place. And behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. But he said to me, you must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brother and brothers, the prophets, and with those who keep the words of this book. Worship God. It is good, actually, to be back in Revelation. It's good that we spent the last month of services during our Advent time, and I really love that time, but it's very different. It's very different than kind of what we traditionally do, and that difference kind of shakes things up for me. And originally, I was not getting looking forward to uh, uh, getting done with Christmas and then getting back into Revelation, but as I look at this week and I look at the, the weeks to come, I am extremely excited to kind of finish out this book and see what God has for us. One thing that I learned in the Psalms, we spent four and a half years in the Psalms, and I was like, about halfway through, I was like, well, we pretty much covered everything that's in the Psalms, we can move on, but the Holy Spirit was like, no, just keep going, and I remember thinking, why? Like, there was more, some weeks more than others, but, but why, Lord? And as we went through it, I just realized that, like, towards the end, towards, like, 48 and 50, 150, 148 and 150, I'm just like, 
No, these have some beautiful truths in them that haven't been covered yet. And, and so, like, I still believe that as we're wrapping up this book of Revelation, God still has something for us here in these, in these final words that he has for us. The Holy Spirit has us here. And yes, we're in Revelation in the, the day after the first, you know, day after 2021. And it seems maybe a bit odd or weird. But the truth is, is that Advent really prepared me for this week. I find this this text to fit the elements of a post-Christmas slash New Year's theme, the, the themes of joy and peace and hope and love are all wrapped up in these final books, and so and they'll get us ready to get into Ecclesiastes. In this book, one which we have looked at all sorts of prophetic visions, we've seen all sorts of things that are strange and see and we've seen though that these uh these words even the strange ones are said that they are trustworthy and true it is true that we are looking into what must take place in certain parts of revelation and that we are to expect it to happen soon we're to expect it to happen soon and and one of the cool things about being in revelation is like you realize that um, people have thought that this is coming soon for a long time. And so we should as well. And now we've taken the approach in Revelation that the, it's, this is the end times. But it's not like a mark your calendar, like this is when the end times are going to happen. But for generations, people have believed that they were living in the end times based on these texts. They saw things to, part, that, to point out that we are living in the end times. Certainly the Romans reading this text in the first century would have thought that this applies to them, that the end was coming, and, it, and yet it has been 2,000 years since then. And there have been many times in events in the world where a person seemed to tie to Revelation that make the end possible, and Revelation is a relevant argument to what these people are saying. And in, in, in over the last 50 years, um, I, I mean, I'm, four, I'm about to be 44, so I, the, my lifetime, there have been many um, Antichrist risings. There have been many Antichrist risings. There have been many marks of the beast. There have been many threats that honestly make sense as to why people might think that the real end times is now, not like they believed it back then, but it could happen at any moment. And as I was contemplating this, I think this is how we are supposed to feel. That this could happen at any moment. We're not supposed to get used to this earth that we are on now because we are strangers and aliens of this world. We are not home yet. We're not home yet, and we long to be with Jesus. And that longing to be with Jesus adds to the hope and the expectation that the end is coming, and we pray that He does come soon. We are given the pictures and the signs to see the end come, and these have been given by God through the angels. They have given us a picture, showing us a scene from the future, events and times, and we are supposed to know and we are blessed if we keep the words of this book. We've been praying this every single week. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Blessed are the readers, hearers, and keepers of this word. And I believe this to be true. And in Revelation, all, 
all three are blessed. The readers, the hearers, hearing so that they might not just listen, but they might keep the words and keepers of these words. And I'll, I'll admit, it's, it's, it seems easy to pick on those who, uh, I'll use this in quotations, take revelation more seriously than others. Or there are those who take the end times and what seems like um, conspiracy theories and mix them together so it might be like a hyper focus on end times. And as we've gone through Revelation, my tolerance for many of these folks has really grown. Just allowing it. Yes, there is a lot in this book that we are supposed to keep and be blessed by. But I'll, I, as I get to this, it's like, but what parts of the book? Because some of it seem more strange than others. Because there is a lot that has gone on. There's a lot of different interpretations that have taken place in all these different things. And I believe it to be a fair question because what parts of this book are we to understand or to be shown as the angel has seen intended for us? And what parts of this book are we to keep? And we kind of discussed this with the mark of the beast. There have been different marks of the beast in history. But what does the real one look like? What does the real one look like? We look at many things in Revelation the same way. So which ones should we keep? And I would hope that as we've gone through Revelation... And we've been looking not only at the words, but also the attitudes of those who follow God, who is seated on the throne in his Lamb, that as we fix our eyes on Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I hope that we might see a few things in this text. One is that we, we do heighten our expectation of hope that he is coming soon. That hope is beyond wishing it is a certainty that it will happen. And even though we don't know the timing, this Advent season, the Holy Spirit was kind enough to show that we are to wait with expectation, not a hope, not a wish for Jesus to return. Our hope is found in Christ in his words, his actions past, his actions present, and his future actions will happen and they are true. So in this, our hope is in that Jesus that his grace is real, that his forgiveness is complete, that what he accomplished on the cross wasn't just a back then thing, but it also has future implications that shape and lead and guide our life in the here and now. And we get to place our hope in Jesus as we look in any direction. As we look to the past, we can see Jesus' actions in history and in our life. And I pray that as we look at our right now, we can see his work as well. Maybe we can't see it as clearly as in hindsight, but we can feel his presence and take comfort from the work that he is doing in our lives. And then again, as we look to the future, we can see that Jesus is coming back. And instead of fear, instead of uh, um, like where we're just shaking and worried about it, this leads to the second thing that I hope that we can see in this book that we don't have uh, fear in the worried sort of sense of fear. We have the fear in the sense of awe and reverence. I don't want to take that away. Like when we, there are times when we're in the throne room in Revelation and there is complete silence in heaven and on earth. And I believe that's because of awe. But we don't have fear in the God might smite us or what are we going to do if we have to go through this, that, or the other. Because God is loving and kind and all that he does is loving and kind even his justice 
is loving and kind. God has sent us Jesus. He allowed us to put our hope in him. And his love for us is very real. It is very real. And Jesus is real. And the words of this book are real. And they are true. And there, there will be an end. And as we keep the words of this book, as we pray for Jesus to come back, and may he do it so- soon, today would be amazing. As followers of Jesus, we don't need to have uh, or feel to be scared. So much talk about the end times has this ring of, maybe not fear is the right word, maybe scared is the right word. And yet in Revelation, we don't see a scaredness from the followers of Jesus. What we see is we see astonishment. We see worship. We see silence and reverence, maybe awe and gratitude. We don't see people being scared because throughout the whole thing, we see that our God, the one that we worship, is greater. And we see that Jesus is bigger and truer than we could have ever imagined. And we need not... Be scared because in the actual end times, that as they are happening, God's grace will be on those who need it for that time when it happens. I'm not getting into what, uh, into will Jesus come back pre or post tribulation? I don't know. I have, I have no clue. But what I do know is that whether it is pre or mid or post tribulation, God's grace will extend to his children and he instructs us repeatedly to fear not. And to place our trust in Him. And I also know that grace for a given situation most often doesn't come before we go through that situation. God's grace and its timing is like He is. It's always perfect. There will be grace to endure the end times because there is grace for today and God's grace will never run out. We can see that we can see this as he continues to extend his grace throughout uh, through to all those throughout the book of revelation even those who once defied him he continually extends his grace to them and i find it interesting that much of the focus in revelation is on end times and tribulation but this this lack of fear in this in in the lack of fear the trust of god isn't more elevated as we go through this strange and wonderful book. So what words are we to keep? I would suggest at least two. There is one uh, more that we'll get to in a moment. But these two are that we expect Jesus to come back soon and that we fear not and place our trust in him. Both of these are far more easily said than done. Amen? We can see these in a positive light and say, Have hope that Jesus will come back soon and place your trust in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This will allow us to live with expectation and without fear. And may we continue to grow in these areas. But I think one of the biggest things that we must keep and see uh, from Revelation is also pointed out to us here and that God is God. God is God. There is no other God and we are to worship Him alone. If there's one thing that Revelation shows us, it is that, that God is showing us that He is God. That there are little g-gods that try to replace Him, but none do, nor can they, because they are not God. King of kings, Lord of lords. They are idols or false gods. And we, as followers of the one true God, are not to worship false gods. 
And this is a loving thing that God is trying to show us because in the end, all, all these false gods will end up defeated foes and we need them to be defeated foes. It is tempting oftentimes to worship the messenger. I've been in churches who uh, uh, appear to worship the preacher. And this is not just one church I've been to. This is multiple churches, almost every church I've been to, where it is uh, uh, no matter how talented or godly the preacher might be, we don't ever worship the messenger. Amen? It, it is as if the mouthpiece, uh, I've, I've heard this like... It's unbelievable when people treat me this way, but it's like the mouthpiece seems closer to God. And I don't find this to be true. Um, so they might as well um, honor the vessel. And, and there, there is, Scripture does command to honor preachers and teachers, but not to reverence them. And we are to worship the one who the preacher preaches about. And preaching is never about the preacher. It is about God. If the preacher didn't preach, the very rocks of this world would cry out. So the preachers are like rocks anyway. And we don't worship rocks. And rocks are not always the smartest things in the world. They're just there. But I've also been in churches who practice various kinds of gifts like speaking in tongues and prophecy or words of knowledge. And I've seen folks who have these gifts as well get elevated because again they were messengers they came to me with a word they did this something very cool in my life and and god really used them and again we're not to worship the messengers these are gifts that they were given by god sent to help them and to help us along the way the messengers of these gifts were never meant to be the object of our worship so let us remember this We live in a culture of hero worship. We have heroes who bring messages of hope and peace and love and joy, but we are not to worship those who bring these words. We can honor them. That is okay. But honor them by seeking what it is that they speak about and find that the life of Jesus would have you find in their words. Honor doesn't ever equate to worship when we're talking about the messengers of God. And so many times we've seen this happen where the messengers are too often worshipped. Um, and, and I'm not just talking about that. Think about your favorite author. I think about that for me or your favorite podcaster or your favorite, I don't know, whatever. Not YouTuber. I know that much. Not YouTuber. So, um, but think about that. We don't worship them. We worship the one and true God. Not only are we not to worship the messengers, a lot of times... It is worth a revisit of the last Sunday before uh, uh, Christmas. We we read this. 1 Corinthians 13, 8 through 13. Love never ends. As for prophecy, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For we now see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now, faith, hope, and love abide these three. But the greatest of these is love. 
The words of the messenger will pass away. Can you imagine that? Like there will be a time when every word in Scripture will be fulfilled and we'll see it so beautifully and wonderfully there in the person and work of Jesus and God being our light and our sun. Because the love that which He uses the Scriptures to speak to us about, that will never, ever, ever pass away. And when I say the Word of God, the Word of God, I, when, I, when I say that, I'm referring to Jesus. Because John 1.1 says, I am, uh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then it goes on to talk about Jesus who came. So when I say Word of God, I'm not talking about the Bible, but a lot of that prophecy in the Bible we'll get to the other side of it. We'll be like, okay, this is what it was. Okay. We don't need to go and study it the same way that we do now. And that's that in that sense, it will pass away. But the love that God has for us, the trust that we are to have in him, none of that will ever pass away. The love that he sends to us in Jesus will live for us, that he lived for us, that he died on a cross and he rose on the third day. This is the love that conquered sin and death. And this is the love that has risen again and it will live forever and ever. Revelation and its prophecies will fade into the glory of God. And at some point, we have no need for these words. And may that day come soon. I pray that we get, as we get out of 2021 and we get into this new year, I pray that we remember what is important. I pray that our hope in Christ may be fulfilled. I pray that we might live with the expectation that Jesus is coming soon and that we may seek first God's kingdom and not our own. And as we do this, may we be more and more shaped into his image. And I pray this, that we may worship God and God alone and all else will fade and simply become tools that help us worship God more fully that no messenger in any form will ever be elevated in our lives and that we may elevate Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in our lives and that in as we live, the grace will flow in us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen.